Welcome back to another episode of Laptop Coaches in association with the eCoach Club, your best and most convenient source of coach education. I'm really excited to share this interview with you guys. Today's guest is Colin Brett, the owner and CEO of Player Stat Data. Player Stat Data is a football statistics company that offer accurate, intelligent, and bespoke performance data solutions for football clubs and players. In this podcast, Colin reveals how player stat data is differentiating itself from others in a competitive industry, the importance of quality over quantity in performance analysis, how to use stats with your team, and what tips Colin has for players and coaches when using stats. Enjoy. What do player stat data do? Um, well, we're specialists in soccer player performance data solutions. The easy way to our tagline is that our data is powering the high performance goals of our clients by giving them bespoke performance data insights that they can trust. So essentially what that means is that um, with all the market research we've done and people we've spoken to realize there's a couple of issues out there around uh, accuracy um, the intelligence of the data and the inflexibility of the data output across certain leagues across um, what I call undercovered leagues you have no mm. problem getting shoe sizes and the colour laces on some players in the premiership but you can't get the correct pass um, tags made to players in certain leagues so it's to focus on those undercovered leagues and give them the accuracy the intelligence and the flexibility that they want from um, the data output. So we're also targeting our outputs at um, the elite players. I know it's elite is a funny word, but it, it, it is what it is. So kind of players at the professional level within the League of Ireland, like professional players in the League of Ireland, obviously the women's national league, and then to similar size leagues then in the UK, North America, and Australasia as we expand. Um, we're also targeting the professional clubs that are looking at the likes of League of Ireland as an undervalued recruitment market. We want kind of uh, bespoke player data profiles and uh, benchmarking elements to help their kind of early uh, recruitment operations on particular players. And also agencies, like agencies are looking for the next big client the whole time. So there's an element to that. And also to enhance the services they offer currently. So, We've had a couple of agents use our data for um, clients that they had when they were sat down in contract um, negotiations and they end up getting an extra few bob every month on behalf of the clients because they say, look, here's Ethan, we think he's worth this and here's why, boom. And they showed them the actual numbers when they compared, look, when they compared them to this and that. So it's to give them the kind of edge around contract and uh, transfer negotiation too, you know. So who would your main stakeholders be? So in terms of who do you give the data to? Uh, so at the moment, they, uh, our biggest driver is the players themselves. We have yeah. six player clients at the moment between Ireland and the UK. Um, we've uh, St. Mirren on board from the, SP, the SPFL. And uh, with agencies, we don't have any kind of um, anchor clients at the moment. But we have a couple that have dipped in and out, ask us, can I get a report on this fella, get a report on that fella, so on and so forth. So at the moment, it's the players is what's uh, driving the business at the moment. And from being honest with you, we expect that to be the case over time. We 
the projections we put together, not to get too boring on the financials, but we might end up making a couple of bob off the clubs and the agencies, but we'd have the volume of players. That's so, the future, uh, though, isn't it? Yeah, like yeah. players taking their own performance into their own hands and yeah. looking to self improve by getting their own statistics, getting their own feedback on. Correct. Yeah, Correct. And it's even and it's even the age and the profile and the demographic of the players that are starting to come to us. They all have the phones in their hands and they're used to get all the information on the phones, be it, you know, information from outside of football, information from in football, everything is apt to the phones. Yeah. So, you know, it's give, they're, they're all eager and they're all they're a, a bit more data savvy than previous uh, generations of football. Absolutely. It's, be kind. So that, it's definitely going to be a massive driver for us. Colin, this is a, that's a, this, it's a big risk starting your own business, especially in a competitive industry like sports statistics. How did you go about setting this up? Like, what sparked the idea in your head? Um, I always wanted to work for myself anyway. I get an awful lot of um, pleasure and stress, obviously, but <laughs> I'd be much happier doing 60 hours for myself than 40 hours for somebody else. But uh, they've gone back to it. It's that I read a book, The Numbers Game, uh, when we were in Auckland, going back about nine years ago, eight, nine years ago, when we lived in Auckland. Yeah. And um, that was it. Was, yeah, I want to work on this. So um, kept it on the back burner and just looking at a few bits and pieces. Then we moved to London. I was working in admin at a company. And then a job came up with Football Radar, who uh, were kind of the smartest people in uh, football awesome. analytics at the time. Um, so, like, I've no background in stats, no background, no sports science degree, nothing like that. Um, and I was one of six picked out of 420-odd people to get the job through the recruitment process. Why do you think that is? I know football, Ethan, if I'm being honest with you. You know, at Football Radar, I wasn't the case of knowing the, uh, coming out who scored four goals in the three or in the who scored four goals in the three two win, who scored four goals in the five nil win against such that wasn't they were for the trivia. It's whether someone chose the right option or like it's the kind of what could have happened if you had a strong sense of what could have happened and what should have happened. Um so come here, it's it's all I've known growing up. I've only ever played football and um just just really that, that much into it. I don't have coaching badges, I don't have anything like that, but it's just having a good sense of like, that's what should be done, that's what, should, that, mm. that's what shouldn't have been done. And I think that's what got me, that's what they looked for on football radar. So I obviously had what they were looking for. It was, and it's a, it was a competitive process, so getting in. Mm. And once I got in there, that was, that was another little kind of tick in the box. I said, right, between reading the book and now getting in there, um, there's clearly something there. So it was always looking to, how can I do something like this for myself? That's fantastic. And tell me, I actually, I, when you say a competitive process to get into football radar, I applied for a job in stats when they opened up. I think it's in Limerick, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it was a really competitive process. I think I got through two rounds and I didn't get it in the end, unfortunately. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know football, so. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do. With you. <laughs> Not as well as you, clearly. You got the job, I didn't. <laughs> but tell me. What differentiates player stat data from, say, a, a company that's well-renowned at the moment, like Stats or like maybe Sports or Football Radar? Um, so how we're different or how we're putting ourselves up. So we're putting ourselves up against the likes of Opta, um, 
well, update in a kind of a small way. I don't think we go after the kind of market that they saw of us, but yeah. Vince, that's the Boy Scouts. Um, that's bomb. Smarter Scouts, the likes of them, I think we kind of put ourselves into, into, they'll do a couple of extra things that we don't, but we do a lot of things that would be comparable to them. But we feel that we four competitive advantages where we can stand out from them and we're driving them hard. The first one is kind of quality over quantity approach. So yeah. in that my skills they cover well over 200 leagues. I think smarter skills is a lot less terrible. Say 60, 70 stats from are just over 100 close enough to it. Um, no, I'm being, I'm, no, I'm lying with stats from it's a bit less. It's, it's less than that. But we've uh, we've chosen X amount of leagues. We've looked at 14 over the next four years that we're going to target and be the best at. Fantastic. So by only going after a certain amount of leagues means we can devote a far greater proportion of our resources into quality control. So to ensure the data accuracy and the data integrity, which if we were covering 200 leagues, we just we just take game, yeah, just put it put it out. Um, so that's two of them. Where it's like kind of looking at we've we've a sole focus on kind of undercovered leagues and a small number of them. And we're going to devote a far greater proportion of resources to the data integrity and the accuracy, accuracy side of things. Brilliant. Um, the AI solution that we're creating at the moment through WIT, it's going to make us stand out even further than these leagues because it'll give us, um, it'll allow us to create a, or to collect a huge number of uh, data points on metrics that just aren't collected in these leagues. And in time, the data sets grow with under the predictive analytical route. So you can start to see uh, a right back in Ireland if he's shown similar traits to Seamus Coleman when he was at Sligo, for example. Yeah. If, if we if we had the the, the, the stats on Seamus Coleman back then, which we don't, but as an example, we can get into the predictive things that this is where we see this player in three to four years' time. Um, and the final one, and the big one for us to bring that we're beating out everywhere, is that it's bespoke, it's customised. So uh, I was just tagging the game this morning, Drogheda against Shamrock Rovers, and uh, there's three centre-halves playing for Drogheda, Dane Massey, uh, Dan O'Reilly, and Joe Redmond. Yeah. The three, the three centre-halves, but three of them might want to see different facets of, of their game, of their performance from that one particular game. So instead of giving them all the same report, which some are getting what they want, others aren't getting what they want, we can give three separate reports with the three uh, with the three. Now, they might want to see everything. They might only want to see certain things. We can break down the ports as to what they want and only only what they want. That's so, fantastic. And that's the same across with clubs and agencies as well. Particular players, particular facets of this particular player and compare them to certain players within certain leagues. So it's that no two clients are the same. So what we're putting out there is no two reports should be the same. And that's really how we're going to stand out for the rest. So that, sound, that sounds really good. I really like the quality over quantity but just for the audience just to put it into simple terms uh, what you were saying about uh, data being customized would you say in the sense of maybe say we'll give a generic example uh, if Mo Salah signed, was signing for Crystal Palace in some adverse universe um, Crystal Palace might not be too interested in his entries into the box with the ball maybe because they would maybe maybe under Roy Hodgson, not Patrick Vieira, let's say last season, would have sat much further back. They might be more interested in his runs from counter-attacks, maybe his ability to track back, things like that. Yeah. 
something they now look familiar that's ancient Greek to me because I just don't follow that shagging competition at all. <laughs> I don't have no, I have no way. I used to be a Liverpool fan, I gave it up about 12 13 years in my scanted. No, you want to get back I, in now? We're on top. No, ah, Jesus, no, <laughs> I didn't get back in. My man Suarez was scoring all the goals, and ah, look, look. It kind of, it's just like complaining at the weather. I couldn't do anything about it, so I stopped getting fed up about complaining at the rain. So I didn't complain about them. That's a good um, way of putting it. But it's, um, it'd be a case where, yeah, there'll be elements like that if there's certain styles. They say, well, this player suits certain, our certain way of playing. Or even, I don't know, um, if there's someone playing for a palace that's similar enough to Salah and they want to put the two of them against each other, they look, is there any need to put 100 million into Salah when we have something, someone that's, yeah pretty capable or is showing similar output to Salah so why spend that when we have someone in, in house little elements like that um, or as you said it comes down to the tactics um, if we have certain elements from an attacking point of view like attacking aerials um, the attacking aerial duels sorry um, hold ups both successful and unsuccessful on both of them so if you're looking for a target man that's able to hold it up and what does he do at? Like an, an unsuccessful hold up for us is if they lose possession, if they give away fouls or something like that. Yeah. But if the player has a lot of successful hold-ups, it means he holds the ball into him and the next event is successful. Either he wins a free kick, he wins a throw-in, or he finds one of his teammates. So little elements like that where if you're looking for a target man that shows it boom, 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 then we can give them that. But if they're looking for if they look for someone up front that tends to dribble a hell of a lot more and take on centre-halves and stuff like that, we can put that together for them too. So... Um, and now there's uh, everything we do at the moment is manual so um, we can't get too granular granular on it yet yeah. in time when the AI comes on board that we want to get down to the colour of the shoelace on top of everything else that they do on the pitch Fantastic. So, um, but look it's it's a, an information world now so the more information the clubs, agencies and players can have the better decisions and the improvements that, that they'll get from it you know Tell me about that. Do you have to code each game? Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a team of five of us at the moment. It takes us uh, two and a half hours to do each team, so five hours per game. And what sort of things would you be looking for? Ah, they, just in the, the screen in front of me here now. Like on the defensive end, we'll have successful ground tackles, successful standing tackles. So, so you'd have unsuccessful and successful on all these. Um, things like receptions uh, or recoveries and interceptions progressive and unprogressive whether they recover the ball, a loose ball follow up with a positive or a negative act the same with an interception which is all well and good to see someone has 40 in, in interceptions uh, in, over the course of the season but if the next event is giving the ball away what's the point in intercepting 40 times you know? so we can drill down to that level which no one's doing it at, at the minute um, we're big on pass direction as well um, purely because it's all well and good to know how many a fellow's pass completion rate, but um, you know, it's the context behind where the ball goes. Absolutely. Also, also crucial, man. Surprisingly not done as often as you'd expect. Um, and then from the attacking side of things, you know, uh, we've, to, to us, you know, it's not something that we didn't think we were reinventing the wheel, but no one seemed to be doing it, or very few seemed to be doing it. Just, just breaking efforts on goal and the shots and head-offs. You know, you see Sky Sports and they have shots on target, shots off, shots off target. Well, a header is a hell of a lot more difficult than, difficult than the ball going through your laces. So even just breaking down to that and an attacking shot blocked, which no one seems to do. You know, there's a, there's a lot of shots missed because 
someone is shooting from 25 yards out and it's blocked from the three yards out, still an effort on goal, you know? So it's yeah. trying to give as clear a picture of a player's performance as we can because it just isn't out there at the moment across the leagues that we're going after, you know? Colin, you just mentioned there, and it's funny that you did, you said, what's the context of it and the reference to passes? Yeah. So now we've had, this is our third podcast on the e-coach club in terms of laptop coaches. And we had one last month on strength conditioning where he was saying context was everything in reference to, say, uh, gym work from football players. And the month before, we had a coaching specialist come on and say that context was everything in terms of, say, someone going on and getting a training session off Bayern Munich um, on, say, Twitter or YouTube or whatever. And he said, well, you didn't see what they did before or what they did after or what they were doing that week. And he said context was everything. So it's interesting and it's great to see the running team in this podcast that That's context know, eh? is everything. <laughs> We've had it now in relation to statistics as well. Yeah. Oh, but so look, it's, it's just, you know, people, it's, uh, you know, without getting too deep into it, just people tend to read headlines yeah. and, or scan the first paragraph or two. You know, when, when they're reading a couple of bits and pieces or when they're scanning the phones and they see that kind of clickbait thing and they go for it. But, you know, someone could have a 100% pass completion, but you have to, did every ball go sideways or backwards? See, it's still grand. He, 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 they had the, the, every single pass they made, they completed. It's all well and good. But if a Jack Bourne last year only had, say, 45% pass completion in the game, Jesus, that's not much good. But to be guaranteed most of his passes with the risk of So the ones that when they came off, they had maximum value. So it's not, to compare him to the 100% fella isn't, when one is going sideways or backwards and one is trying to break three or four lines with a pass so you know to me it's common sense that you should look into where someone is trying to put the ball and then judge about a player's ability and possession but um, that's the problem with common sense (laughs) not everyone has it no no (laughs) just to give a reference to the work rate that you put into this Colin Try and share, and I mean, I really try and share. How many matches, football matches, have you watched since, say, January this year and coded, worked on, basically? How many, how many football matches have you worked on since January, if you can even? Oh, I could get you a number now, but it would be a terrible podcast where you're watching me clicking through an Excel sheet. <laughs> um, I, I'd say, like, we break how, how we're set up as we don't do matches per se so I look after uh, Sligo Longford and Drada yeah. and then we have other animals look after Waterford and Shamrock Rovers oh, cool. so then we're all experts on those teams so if you were to ask me about such and such a player playing for Derry I'd just rump over my head like I said I can find it out for you I'd speak to our analyst I'd get you our numbers but then when you speak to our analyst he can tell you about their, their stronger foot their strengths, their weaknesses, what they tend to do to get them into trouble, what they tend to do to get them out of trouble. So we feel that kind of going down to that level and just say, you look after them, you look after them. It gives us that extra bit of insight and the qualitative end when clubs and agencies do come to us and say, look, what about this fella? Um, so going back to your question, like I'm doing is I've done well over, I've watched well over 120 matches so far. Or, or over now, I'm going to say matches like if I was doing Drada and Shamrock, if they were both my teams, I watched that game twice. So it's 
So we'll do a draw the first minute to the last, go back to the start and do Shamrock Rovers first minute to the last. Because if you collect the two of them together, that's how you can get into mistakes. So, um, so yeah, like there's games like this week, uh, Pats against Waterford and Derry Dundalk. I won't be looking at them because mm-hmm. my team's aren't involved. But um, actually, for the next couple of weeks, I'm doing bows as well. Had been doing them, handing them off and taking them back. So I'll have bows and Sligo Rovers. I'll watch that game twice. I'll do bows first minute to last. Rewind to the start. Sligo last minute to last. First minute to last, sorry. You so, um, the detail sounds unreal. Well, you have to, you, it, it, it has to be put in to get it right. You know, I don't see the point in selling data reports and data output and you're hoping that 70% of it is right. That's, I was told whether it's, I don't firmly believe it, but the person that told me is pretty decent in the industry. So he said the acceptance, kind of the margin for error is 30%. If you're 70% correct with your data output, that's what's taken at the industry standard. And if it's once you have the seventy, <sighs> the same seventy percent correct the whole time, and look, come out, you never get a hundred percent because there's a slight element of subjectivity in that. No, but seventy percent—that's leaving thirty percent to to can't chance. Yeah, yeah. So come out, look, fight. Can't you put in the time collecting the force to make sure that it's the right thing, and then have somebody behind, kind of spot checking every now and then just to make sure that you're going a bit heavy on true balls. For this reason, so you go back and you just kind of not retrain, but you'll see what, yeah, look, you're maybe missing this element of it, and you tweak and you kind of fix what was done before, and then you stop it from happening again. That's where the quality over quantity approach comes from. If we're covering 200 leagues, can't keep a check on it. But, I think yeah. once this gathers wheels globally, I think it's going to be a breath of fresh air to this industry because 30% to chance is. is Nuts, in my opinion, I think it's a crazy statistic. Um, and some of the wild things we've seen, I said, certainly won't sit there and say we're absolutely brilliant and our competitors are shite. But some of the, like we saw on one of our competitors on that platforms, Jack Bourne had it, it was against Cork City in 2019. They won 2-0 up in Tallaght, I think it was May. And uh, they gave all Jack Bourne stats to Sam Bone. Sam Bone was sat on the bench. And Jack Bourne had an assist. Oh again. my god! So, and we found that out the week, the day, the night before we were meeting with a, a UK club manager, um, at kind of like a professional level, it's at SPFL level, and uh, we just went into him and I said, "Look, here, this is what you're using. That's grand, so well and good, but they're getting Jack Bourne wrong." I said that was a good selling point. What the hell is <laughs> You know what I mean? So there was a small little crack there, so I just threw in a crowbar, jumped up and down, make the crack as big as I could. But um, again, look, you know, if you're paying well over a thousand euros for a data platform, and probably with others, the likes of Statsbomb and them, you know, they are pretty good, but you're paying 12, 15 grand minimum with them. That's going to, you know, you won't get a lot of League of Ireland clubs, if any, using them at the moment. Yeah. Because um, most of them appear to be penniless, or the money's going into other resources as opposed to that. But um, you're paying for something that has to be right. If you get something out of, out of, out of Tesco and it tastes crap, you're going back and look at your money back, or you give out about it. One hundred percent. If you're handing over four figures for that, it but it's wrong. Why would you do it? You know, thirty. As, as, as every say three out of ten, because thirty percent 
of yeah. of the stats are incorrect. I think that's or possibly, you know, I mean, that's what the kind of the average is. And we could have but look, as you know, working with statistics, the law of statistics has to be obeyed at some stage. I remember Newcastle doing really well in a. 11-12 season they came fifth I think in the league and then the next season they came 16th with the same squad and the same manager and the same coaching staff and the same circumstances and people thought they played worse but they didn't they played the same it's just the law of stats has to be obeyed so if they came yeah. up and they overachieved it must come down and they have well, to underachieve yeah. same with Liverpool they won the league they had an XG I think or an X points of uh, 20 points under what was expected and last season, I know injuries and things like that, but they got 60, 68, 69 points. So they came back to, come to the median, as they say, isn't it? Returning yeah, to the median. 100%. And numbers are everything in sport and they have to be obeyed. Yeah, exactly. And tell me, Colin, just to get into it for some of our coaches listening, what stats are best for indicating successful performance? Just from your uh own specialties in the area from what um, you've seen in the League well, of Ireland without batting it back at you uh, with a kind of a neutral answer it depends on who's looking at it you know what I mean as I said there's three centre halves they are playing for Drada on Sunday against Shamrock Rovers and they all want to see certain elements of their game now they mm-hmm. might want, all want to see the same thing but one of them is a client of ours Dan O'Reilly and um, he's like at times he's like a quarterback for them especially when he's in the middle of the back three okay. and goes through him and he's spraying long to boom or he's, he's, he's kind of the point that they seem to move around. Yeah. So obviously he's hugely interested in his defensive side of things but he might have a little bit more weight on his possession output than other centre-halves might. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just my kind of example of saying what's important like, to some like I don't know I'm just trying to think of stri- strikers down the years it's the amount of goals you score. You know what I mean? Because yeah. the, strikerism is, is is measured on goals. Whereas nowadays, it could be work rate and linking up and making sure that the 10 goals he, he's put through or whatever it might be. So, you know, and then there's other fellas, I don't know, there's a particular Irish player, not in League of Ireland, but an Irish international. It's all about work rate. Whereas, you know, it's like a dog chasing cows <laughs> down the road. Yeah. Now, that's brilliant. It's great to have, but at some stage, kind of, what's the performance output to go with that GPS output? Yeah. So, so every, I, for me, it's, it's, it's hard to put one, one uh, kind of, like, even losing possession. It all depends either where you lose it or if it's a misplaced pass, but yeah. you're sticking the opposition in their own corner and you're pressing them in there. So it's kind of hard to pick out successful ones, especially across the country head probably. I'm a keeper, so the only one that matters is clean sheets. Elver. No, <laughs> I'd, I'd rather have a clean sheet and no saves made than have than concede one and be man of the match pulling 20 balls out of the top corner. Goals conceded is kind of all they're interested um, That'd be the only one. You know, it's a, stu- it's a stupid answer to the, 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 the good question. But No, but you're right, because context like around it is everything. I tell you what, if I, if I put a gun to your head, I won't. Don't worry. And I I said to you, an important one is ball possession an important stat in terms of is it do you think it has a direct I know context is everything, but do you think it has a direct link with winning or losing? Because I've looked at some research papers in the Bundesliga, apparently it's not so important in La Liga, 
Apparently it is important, but if you have more possession in close games, you're more likely to lose the game. Um, tell me, talk to me about that. My person, like I don't know, I don't have resource paper. I only did put something up recently just by pure chance around past completion rates last weekend. Yeah. And interesting to see the likes of Dundalk and um, who did we beat? Bulls, I think about yeah. Jay. Um, they had much higher pass completion rates than Waterford and Pats, and yet they got beaten. But I think from watching all the League of Ireland games, players are a hell of a lot. In general, players are a hell of a lot more confident in possession than they were even five years ago. And That's a good sign. I don't know. I think what's interesting to me is the the, the centre halves in particular that are comfortable on the ball. There's a lot of centre halves that are, you know, even we have a thing um, attacking one v ones, which is just beating a player. You know, it's not kind of a flick or a trick or anything like that. It's just going past a player that's close enough to disposition. And uh, the dribble element and the attack of 1v1 element from centre-halves is starting to skyrocket. You know, it's, it's a silly word to use, skyrocket, but it's that they're becoming far more contemplation and they're starting the attacks from are driving on and it's the 1-2s and a certain element like that. So I think possession is important. Um, to go kind of old school on it, if you don't have the ball, you can't score. You know, um, you know, there's a there's a lot more to it than that, and was the research in the Bundesliga and things like that you will have seen. Um, I suppose it's context, isn't it? It's a real counter attacking league. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, Rovers. Then I think Rovers had 79 percent. I think against them um, Longford last week. You know, it's no fluke at the top of the league, and like they've only done thirty five minutes of them against uh, Drada uh, on. But it's just, it's relentless. Like, they'll test your fitness like nobody else. It's absolutely, they'll spray left and right and they'll drag you all around the place. And if there's a gap, boom, they're gone. So, but, but then you have the likes of Harps where there's not being kind of harsh or cruel on them, but they'd be less as centric around possession as, as Rovers would be. But then they're equally as effective in what they do. So it's yeah. kind of forces for courses nearly, you know, when it comes to possession. But I think myself, I'd, I'd, if, if I was coaching a team, you know, I'd, it's all well and good to have to be like Rovers and it'd be very easy on, on the eye and can be very effective at times. But I think if there's a balance between kind of when you need to put the head down and, and get through teams or, and still be comfortable when in possession, that's the kind of happy medium for me anyway. Tell me, now that we're just touching on Rovers, there's a certain player who has been linked with a a big move for League of Ireland to... Huge, yeah. Yeah. Tell me about Liam Scales and tell me why Celtic in particular are pushing ahead. We've got, we're trying to buy... I think he's 23? Yeah. Yeah, he's now... Yeah. 23, a 23-year-old from the League of Ireland would be a bit unusual. It would be, but... I don't know. It's, it's why a, do it's, they want him? It's a, it's a change in the model as well, though, Ethan, because we don't have to send players over now at 16 and 17. You can send over yeah. the finished article at 2021-22, and in this case, 23. Um, and, you know, I remember Jim Goodwin said when he signed Conor McCarthy, that for a fellow who's um, at 21 years of age, his captain's club, his European experience, and I think he played 60-odd games for Corky before he went over. It's, to me, and what, and what a lot of managers and clubs are starting to notice is that 
it's far better for these fellas to be kicked around the place on a, on a Friday at quarter eight in a game that matters than to be in these manicure test centres where the, uh, the other 23 <laughs> Premier League. You know, it's it's great experience, first team experience and where games actually matter, where a mistake could get a team relegated, it could be different. And some of these players are getting European experience in their late teens. Yeah. You know, it's massive. Look all the young players at Bowes now. What kind of experience that's been for them over the last couple of weeks. 100%. So but going back to Liam Scales, we did an article on him and I'm just trying to think of a couple of bits. I can't remember the, the finer details. It's the good, the, one of the downsides of being, of trying to get a startup up and running is I even forget passwords to all the different pieces I, I, I need to log into. But um, he's the passing ability from the player. And we have, it's massive. It's absolutely huge for a player that's equally as comfortable at left wing back and left centre back. And we have a, we can break down the performance output across each position the player plays and how, and how many minutes he's played in those positions. There's also a player, I think it's high. It's minimum minutes at left back, like as the as the left back in in a, a back four. But for a player to have that corner of the pitch covered, be that comfortable in possession, like not even we don't go into his goals about like obviously we like shot on target, goal header on target. We don't go into that element of what he does. But he's so strong in possession, and he's so strong winning the ball back. Now I do remember that. Compared to other centre halves, it wasn't uh, other players in this position. It wasn't as high as what we thought it might have been. But then, when you bring the context into it, you might be involved in as many ground tackles or areas mm-hmm. you yeah. Yeah. or uh, standing challenges as um, a war for defender. Say, or, in a more or, dominant uh, team. Correct. You know what I mean. But the possession element, it's it stands out an absolute mile. Even his his aerial duels are much higher than. Like he seems to be an all rounder at the back. It has everything, absolutely everything. Now, as I said, to compare, he does, as I say, he doesn't stand out numbers wise within the League of Ireland across, um, across the metrics that, that we had because, <clears throat> excuse me, you'll have some left sided centre halves or left wing backs will be a hell of a lot, they'll be a lot busier in, um, the defensive sense. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Then he will. So it'll slightly skew things that way. So that ways the comparison wouldn't do him a favour, but also kind of renders it irrelevant to a point. But when you take his output and then like, the, the thing with that is it should never pick out a player for you. It should bring your eye to a player and then let your eye then do the It should be a kind of a mix of numbers and intuition and the soft stuff like what's he like in the dress, what's he like inside of um, yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff like that. But um my Where God. can people find that document that you put out about Liam Scales? It's we have a, good. It's really in detail. It's on our website, uh, playerstatdata.com, and we've shared a link across all our social media pages as well. It's after getting, I have to get far better on the website than I am with the analytics. It's <laughs> after getting a couple of hundred uh, views and leads and stuff like that. Which but that's an amazing document. I remember seeing that on LinkedIn and I was like, wow, like that's. And I, I, I didn't know. I remember I, I, he doesn't know me. I, I didn't really know him either, but I've obviously I've heard of him in recent times. But he was in uh, the same building as me in college. But I never yeah. knew he was that good. Yeah, I knew he played for UCD. And I, I was like, yeah, but then I, I never knew he was that good. And I looked at those stats and it was 
it was really, it, really, it, really it's, it'll, it'll be wonderful for the league if he does go. Do you think he could crack on there? I don't know Scottish football that well, so I don't want to. And I say I'm trying to sit on the fence, kind of in because I don't know these things, and I'm not going to go into punter and be like the man yeah. Morrison that talks out through his house <laughs> most of the time. But um, I'm not entirely sure what he's going into. You know what I mean? Yeah. We just kind of give the raw data. We put it out. Here's how we compare. But once we get the AI on board and we start kind of collecting the Scottish data, the um, EFL data and stuff like that, we'd be far better placed to make those judgments. On my own opinion, taking the stats out of it, um, from what I've seen from Scottish football, which isn't a whole lot, which means it's just general shit coming out of me now. Um, I'd be shocked if he, like, if he does go to the SPFL, if he does go to the Championship or League One, be pretty sure he'll hit the ground running. The class act really is a class act. That's good. Two quick questions because we're going to finish up soon. We'll keep them short. Tell me quickly, Colin, and if you have no idea, that's okay. If you have some idea, that's no great. Idea. Tell no me about idea. XG. Oh, yeah, I know all about it. We, we don't do it. Um, we at football radar, it was all about expected goals, so it was how likely a team was to score. Um, so we were waiting crosses set pieces, counter-attacks, shots on goal, or sorry, efforts on goal. So that was where even, you know, you were bringing down the likelihood of a chance being scored if it's a header. The fella's moving back towards his own goal if he's slightly off balance. It's bringing down the XG lower and lower. So the likes of Football Radar, Smart Odds, Star Lizard, all them, they were all looking for that um, difference in their XG model that... <clears throat> We were given the best possible outlook on particular teams, games, and forms, and then hit the gambling markets like they were stopping now. Do you think it's something you'll try and introduce to play? Um, I, I, we will over time, but uh, more descriptive. Yeah. What happened on the pitch? You know what I mean? I know expected goals is still to a point what happened on the pitch, but we like to delve into what a player actually did on. Now, to say there's nothing wrong with XG and, you know, it seems kind of cult-like in some places and you just leave it to it. Yeah. <laughs> and the people writing about it and all this crack, we go, all right, relax. You know, there's worse things in the world than XG. Calm down. But um, just actually a player's performance and how good a fella is on the back of what he's done. Like, here's the, here's the passing, here's the direction, here's the riskiness of the passes, which isn't um, subjective. It's if a fella's breaking a line. If you're trying to pass it to opposition player, there's an inherent risk in this. Thing. So um, we kind of take them things on board and give them out to our clients. Whether there's a value going forward in XG, the expected assists and all the other X stuff that you see, because we certainly wouldn't um, turn up our noses at it. And, yeah. Um, I don't think that um, we're going the right way and they're going the wrong way, but it's we're going our way. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. We decided on this descriptive way about what actually happened on the pitch, give that raw stuff done the way that our clients want it and let them then use that to make their own decisions on the training ground as opposed to us being given our, look, we think this fella is a good player, you should watch him, we don't get involved. So we're going down the objective, this happened, there's your report and um, that's it for now. But I, if it keeps getting bigger and bigger, you'll have to embrace it, but then you have to create your own XG model, which will take 
thousands and thousands, <laughs> thousands of shots to create. So that's down the line. So to finish up, Colin, tell me your main tips, just quickly summarise in a sentence or two, your main tips for players and then your main tips for coaches. As many as you uh, want, as little as you want. Well, for both of them, they just ask and look. What I mean by ask and look is you have to be open-minded. You know what I mean? Ask the questions, look for the information. You know, um, and I say we, I mean, just as a race, we certainly don't know everything. So to think that you do know everything or I have enough of this, I think you're kind of pigeonholing yourself or putting a ceiling on things. So for players and coaches, I say get as much information as is necessary to you. Um, having as much as, as much information as you can possibly get might end up drowning and suffocating you in data. But um, the insights you can get, because like, from a player side of things, things are happening so quickly and you have your own confirmation bias about, look, I did this, but so-and-so didn't do that. But when somebody sits back, looks back on the cold light of day who has nothing to do with the club or the player, if that's what actually happened, then it's up to them how they receive that information and what they do. And the coach is the same. I know a lot of video analysts on board uh, nowadays, but it's if you, if you don't have a video analyst, I think that they are missing out to a point because... Mm-hmm. Again, they're watching so much going on in such a short space of time. You can't compute and take all that information in and walk off. So we do a lot around trends as well with the players. What they've done over the last four, six, eight games. I think that's key for clubs as well to give a sense of, obviously take each game at its own merits. Of course, yeah. To give yourself a bigger picture. What what have we seen over the last six or eight games? Do we see a problem coming down the line? Or I know a couple of clubs uh, at local level using the GPS. I know it's been done for a long time at uh, elite level. Mm-hmm. But it's no fluke either that you can see if there's, if there's a problem with the player, if the player is starting to wane on the back of their physical output. So just get as much information as you feel is relevant, you know, be it the physical stuff, be it the performance stuff, because it will tell you something. How much it tells you is kind of up to you, but it will definitely tell you something. Perfect. Colin, tell people before we go where they can find you. Uh, we're on playerstatdata.com. That's our website. Uh, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram. We're on Facebook. I don't know if Facebook. I need to get better at that. Um, all our social media, I think we need to be better on. But uh, we're across all those platforms. We're not on TikTok or Snapchat. Uh, <laughs> you know, not, not yet. I, yeah, not that I don't want them. Like, it's cool. You have to explain to me what the point of them is. But uh, yeah, just Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, uh, plenty of blogs on our website. Uh, more to come as well across a couple of players um, with more and more players getting a bit of interest across channel. Uh, we're also selling reports over over there. Um, we just do a kind of couple of similar ones to Lean Scales over the next few weeks. Yeah. Um, not this, obviously, now the likes of Dawson Devoy obviously is getting watched. You know what I mean? We're not exactly giving away trade secrets. But. Um, yeah, there's a couple of players there now that, um, you know, we'd see, like, there's some going under the radar, like, just plodding along, and I think they are getting watched by clubs over in the UK, so um, it's interesting, you know. Want to share a couple of names, you're going to keep it secret? Um, I'm trying to think now. I won't keep it secret. Like, we saw, like, the likes of Dawson, like, that's, 
plainly obvious. You know what I mean? He's, the fellas playing like he's been here about 20 years. Wonderful player. Uh, Liam Scales, we sold a, a handful over on him. Um, who else was? I'm just trying to think. Yeah, one or two will have to keep quiet now, all right? <laughs> uh, the, the, the old kind of claim confidentiality on you'll find out in the, the near future I assume well, awful, yeah. but and this did, certainly wasn't wasn't sold uh, and um, we've had no kind of club asking about him yet but as a Warfare fan we have a right back Dara Power and wonderful he just calmly goes about everything no fuss no one seems to talk about him it's amazing how the kind of players that get highlighted in the league uh, I won't go too in depth about the geographical location of them, but uh, there's a couple of wonderful players down here in Waterford. Like just they get spotted when they go up and they play in Tallinn, they play in Michigan Park because there you go. the Dublin, because the uh, Dublin massive will see him then. But we're seeing him every week, and there's some really good players down here. Um, but not saying that we certainly haven't sold any any um, reports cross channel on them, and we won't because we want them to fucking stay in water. No, <laughs> ah, no, he's a terrible player. I won't look at him at all. We'll give you three grand. No, useless. You absolutely can. Um, <laughs> but those, you know, with all the stuff that happens off the pitch here and with that, like managers and owners come and go, but these young players that are here, there's some, there's two or three now, I think, would they will light up the league in the next year or two. And if they do go cross channel, I think they'll be a roaring success, you know. Well, to finish it off, the in terms of looking at a true stats, the future of Irish football isn't too shabby. So that's good. Colin, thanks I so much for coming on, mate. You're an absolute gentleman. Thanks for the opportunity. Take it easy, Colin. Have a good day.